Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to the Fan Batch. I'm Andy, and I'm joined by my own clone force 99 here. We got Wes R. Scott. Hello. And Hello. Hank McLaughlin. That's me. <laughs> I can point at myself in reverse. That's not go. a problem. As always, thank you for joining us. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and get in on the conversation. That's what we're here for. Uh, you guys have any opening thoughts this week? Uh, so uh, the, the episodes, the last couple of weeks, they've been sort of, in my mind, they've been blending together thematically um and there's this like i've said it before i'm going to say it again it seems to me like both both shows are on the same trajectory towards an end point that ends with the rise of skywalker and bone wise yeah <laughs> so yeah. i like this episode i like it a lot there's yes. a um get a new ship this week which i'm really fond of i yeah. i, I want more of that um, we get to see Omega do some more training this week, which I thought was really cool. Um, and we get to see the Bad Batch. We get a time jump. We don't know how long it is, but we get we get a time jump where they've started to rebuild. And so we get to see them where they are now at least partially integrated with the community. And that dynamic is really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's been several rotations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I really liked it. I'm glad that we're finally at where I thought we should be in episode two. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, new ship, Omega uh, flight lesson, and like making cool. making text guts drop. I was gonna it's say, I don't, have great. we ever seen Tech afraid of anything? Great Not like scene. This. Uh, you know that that stuff, um, the crosshair stuff. Like he, he's, I in my, I mean, I know that. The connotation of what happens at the end is is large but i i think that he's finally broken free of that um that soldier mentality in terms of loyalty realizing like right at the very end yep. i don't know if that's enough to redeem him for what he's done but you know aside from betray them twice and to no ill results i guess <laughs> i guess i have to say they're they're winning me back with him what, and I didn't think that they were going to. What I, has he done that's so horrible that they could, you know, I mean, he hasn't killed any of them. He Any of them? No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do get it. <laughs> but um, I could see a space where he might be redeemed without his death now. Just. Yeah, maybe it's just a permanent yeah. exile thing now. <laughs> plan, plan 88. And I don't mean to minimize that and laugh about it, but really, like we've said before, I have said before that he's still the evil guy that he chose to be. Yeah. And but, I contend that he's he's lawful neutral, and not yeah, neutral. yeah, the the D and D analogy, lawful neutral. Yeah, I I neutral. can I can see that absolutely. I do think he's redeemable now. I really do. The writing this episode really has won me over. That okay, there is a redemption arc that that I like. You say Hank that probably ends without his death. Yeah, I can definitely see it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't sort of visible before. Like we were all saying, man, you gotta. Yeah. You might have to sacrifice the big one, but it's cool. I don't know if I like that. His concern idea, is but... Omega, too. It's interesting that his concern yeah. is Omega. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a, more of a case of, you know, the guy who's been on the inside for as long as he has now has a, has a, a better, especially now being at Wayland, has a, a better idea of the bigger picture and the consequences of what happens if they get her. Yeah. You know. Like the uh, the clever tie into Hemlock's name this week. Yes. Yeah, that was. Cool. I could see that yeah. coming a mile away, but it's nice to yeah. <laughs> What's underneath the glove? <laughs> so my theory kind of went out the window a little bit, but in what way? 
well, I figured that uh, Fee was going to be the turning point, right? To okay, yeah. Sell them out to Sid, to sell them out to the Empire. But Well, she's glaringly absent this week. That's right, she is. So what's she doing? Exactly. Maybe she's off uh, dealing with, a deal. with Sid, maybe. Maybe. So it's not completely out of the question, but they're going to get there so. no, by a, a different... Story-wise, it makes sense for all the actors to come together for the yeah. final scene. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, of course it does. Crosshair could show up to save them. She could show up with the Empire. The Empire could show up with its own volition. There's, you yeah. know, um, other bad guys like the the Horn guy. Mm. Um, Rio, uh, not Rio Durand. Rio, oh right. my gosh. Um, similar name though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's name, the guy that took the the parlor. I think it might have been Rio Durand. No, Rio Maybe. Durand. That's uh that's John Favreau's character from Solo. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Right. Anyway, guy. yeah, that guy, <laughs> that Deveronian dude, the Deveronian guy <laughs> that yeah. we've sadly forgotten. No, the uh, yeah, it's funny. Well, he's only got one horn now, or something. <laughs> so he's half Aronian, broken. There you horn. Go. I don't know. Uh, so before we get any further, though, oh mm-hmm. wait, time for another installment. Let's open up oh, the cage my. here. Hang on a second here. Got to unlock the thing. I here. thought we'd gone through them all. Hey, you get out here. It's time again. Yeah. Bad Star Wars jokes. Question for you. Why did Jabba win the pizza contest? Why did Jabba win the pizza contest? Is it a pizza making contest or a pizza eating contest? Because if it's if it's the latter, that's an easy one. It could be either, really. <laughs> and I don't know. Let's have it. Because no one out pizzas the hut. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> that was straight up. That's yes. <laughs> So this has been another well installment. Oh, yes. Bad Star Wars jokes. Now get back in there. All righty. So without further ado, let's dive into episode uh, 14. 14? 14. Does it really feel that we're this far in? It doesn't. No, I agree. It really doesn't. But uh, we're there. <laughs> that means we're uh, we are actually within like shooting distance of the finale yeah we are a week 100%, away yeah. yeah we're i mean yeah three days realistically yeah so <clears> it's gosh. a triple is it really triple next, banger next weekend week? next week yeah, yeah that's right next week it's oh my gosh yeah busy week for all of us busy yeah. week yeah <laughs> but uh tonight though anyway this episode originally aired march 22nd 2023 it's titled tipping point yeah has a listed runtime of 30 minutes with credits and titles but it comes in at 25 minutes and two seconds without it is co-written by Jennifer Corbet and Matt Michinov. Michinovitz? Mechnovitz. 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 My apologies to the day. That's okay. We could be just butchering it every time we say it, no matter what we say. True. Tim but, M. Uh, <laughs> apologies if we are. Yeah. But that brings up their tallies to 32 and 30, respectively, for this uh, series. That's a pretty good resume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the director's chair belongs to Saul Ruiz this week, bringing his episode total up to 29. And the synopsis reads, new information has our heroes taking on a dangerous mission. Dun, dun, dun. So we open on a dark and misty planet with uh, winged beasts circling in the air. And we find an Imperial base embedded in a rocky cliff face where all manner of stormtroopers bustle about. On the landing platform, three clone troopers in shackles are escorted by a squad of stormtroopers and Imperial commandos towards an Imperial transport. One of the clone looks up but a stormtrooper hits him from behind with the butt of his rifle, telling him to keep his head down. And a blonde-haired officer waits for them at the loading ramp of the transport ship. 
informing the troopers to secure the prisoners for transport. This guy, uh, this particular officer with his greasy slicked back hair reminds me of that one guy in high school that you just hated a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, we all know that guy's name, though. Yeah. So <laughs> funny, that funny enough, I don't think we actually get his name until the no, no, yeah. Oh, no, I mean the guy in high school that we talked Yeah, about. that's what I mean, too. We <laughs> all know that guy. Um, <laughs> I can picture him right now. Yeah, we know his name specifically. Um, <laughs> did anybody else feel like that, that hangar base looked a lot like the, uh, the Last Jedi's rebel base? Like a lot? Oh, I never considered bit. that. Um Wow. Well, now that you say that, yeah, there's there's really there is something to that. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Yes, sir. I really wasn't sure where we were going with this because at one point I thought, is this is this the lip of the mountain at night? You know, at at uh at Whalen, but no, it's no, yeah, it's they not. actually tell us where this is later on. Yeah, so. yeah. And then the fact that you know the commandos are leading clones away from it and not yeah, to it. Well, I, I mean, technically it's both. <laughs> yeah, they could be shipping in and out. Uh, I suspect there's only one place that though, because there's commandos involved, I suspect there's only one place where they were being uh, taken to. Well, I'm going to question that later too. Uh, please do. I love that stuff. <laughs> but uh, he steps up on the ramp, adjusting his captain pin as they raise the belly uh, or raise the ramp into the belly of the ship. And moments later, they lift off from the Imperial facility and take to the sky. As they exit the atmosphere, we're treated to a fantastic visual as the Gozanti class cruiser soars above the cloud covered planet. This is a case of where the uh, animation has influenced the live action, which has now re influenced the animation because the textures on and the fidelity on this Gozanti cruiser it's have fantastic. are just insane. This looks far more akin to what we saw in season two of The Mandalorian than yeah, it did, say, back in, in the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which absolutely. was just a very, uh, very sleek. Uh, all the pan there was no texturing on the no, panels, it was just, just like a really a, yeah. basic animation model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Just I really get the sense that, um, you know, where I guess resistance would be the standout, you know, that, that would be contrary to what I'm saying. But all these animated shows feel like they could have been live action, but for the budget. And so I think that nowadays, yeah. we're just we're using whatever venue we can to tell the same story. And I think that now that they're actually using gaming engines to produce the live action stuff, you're going to yeah. see there's going to be more blur, like a lot more crossover. And I, yeah. I think it's just, I think it's just, I choose to tell this story in this format versus this format, but that the, you know, it's so intertwined. That I don't think there's really a difference anymore. You know, Hank, we've been friends for uh, like over 30 years, and we've been saying like since we first met that animation was always a superior uh, medium to tell stories because Raising. there were yeah. no limitations. Yes, right. Well, the lines are blurring. <laughs> the lines no, it's really true. Are blurring it's true. Now. And I really feel like, you know, that when we we talk about uh, some movie, I don't know if any Marvel movies have any won any like you know major awards except for visual effects and stuff. Effects, when you yeah. talk you talk about those movies, we don't talk about them in the same circle as Roger Rabbit or Cool World. No, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are animated movies. That's right. Yeah. You know, like Attack of the Clones was the first fully computer rendered movie with live action people elements yeah. in that right. So it's almost the reverse of what it, it's yeah. been traditionally and so I think now with with a budget, 
it's always been the constraint but with the budget always, yeah you yeah. could absolutely do anything live action and make it look yeah. as good or better than than animation ever did enough money enough time we can do whatever you want right, right. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just then though a smaller gunship drops out of hyperspace and blasts both engines of the imperial ship <clears throat> Inside, Captain Pierce orders the ship to jump to hyperspace, and a stormtrooper relays that the blast has disabled the hyperdrive. Lucky shot. Yep. Yeah. So I took his name from the credits there. I'm just calling him Captain Oh, no, Pierce man. Now. That's his name. If that's Captain's his name. Enough. But uh, barking at the trooper, he tells him to return fire and contact command. The two ships exchange fire, and we come to find that Echo and Gregor are in the pilot seat of the attacking craft. Uh, they zip past the cruiser, strafing it with fire, and inside their cell, three clones take notice as the ship starts to shake. Yep. Outside, the gunship swings around for another pass, all the while deflecting Imperial fire. And Echo tells Fireball, prepare the leech vessel. They aim to recover the clone troopers that are prisoner and be gone before reinforcements arrive. And the gunship, it starts to take fire, but it takes out the Imperial ship's central thruster. And, Targeted. Uh, so, so tired. Yeah. We know how this ship works. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, they got hit it this, here, here and here. This might be the most excited I've been for a, a vessel in Star Wars in a while. Probably since Rogue One. Like, I mean, I love the U-Wing. I was actually just talking to another buddy of mine this morning about the U-Wing and how it's the it's the Huey helicopter of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. But this thing, like, first of all, I mean... I don't know if I'm getting ahead of things. I I just want to gush on the ship for a minute. Well, it's <laughs> got some okay? pretty crazy features. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, I mean, like, head on, it looks a lot before. like the ghost. So I was also going to say that it does have trappings of the ghost. Um, also, the, to me, there's a little uh, Spaceballs homage in there to the Winnebago nose. A little mm -hmm, bit, mm -hmm. yeah. But look at that quad, uh, the quad engines. That's very U-wing. Uh, the profile, the way the, the the way that the hull is kind of V-shaped, just reeks of Corellian Corvette. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is some kind of hybrid Corellian ship. Right. Detachable docking ring? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like they yeah, only use little, one, but you could assume ship. maybe there's a second one on the other side. Seriously. Right? Um, I don't know what the story is on this ship, but I really hope that whoever designed this uh that the folks at lucasfilm like i i hope this makes the leap to live action because this is probably again i have not been more excited about a, a vessel uh in a long time and this one is just it's pretty cool well imagine like as they were designing the original ships and their kit bashing you know battleship models and and yeah, fighter yeah. jet models yeah, and yeah. airplane models but imagine kit bashing uh animation assets from star wars absolutely you know, the, the, the nose of the thing looks like a y-wing like yeah. you could literally do that and go oh and just happen upon something just start simply amazing. layering things on mm -hmm. when it first made a pass and it was a pretty high speed pass right for a split second you remember the um the sequence in uh empire no sorry in uh, return of the jedi when the when they do the flyby down the alliance fleet and there's all mm. those little ships in the background there's one where the the looks like there's like outriggers that look like they're two coffee cups stuck together. Mm -hmm. I thought that was what this was. Mm. And then we got a, a better look at it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, that's something else. <laughs> Not the coffee cup ship. No. <laughs> anyway, cool ship. Yes. Sorry. I had to go off for a second. <laughs> Captain Pierce barks as to why they're not returning fire anymore. But the stormtrooper relays that the weapon systems are offline. 
and the clone gunship approaches from behind and the leech vessel splits off and heads for the top of the imperial craft is that what it's actually called uh that's what they're calling is it that, okay he the, says leech, the leech right the leech okay so he uh the imperial the leech goes for the top and the gunship goes for the bottom and the leech vessel it rotates vertical and proceeds to bore its way into the top of the imperial ship yeah well the gunship latches onto the dock at the bottom and gregor holding a stun grenade he's uh radios that were docked so don't take long cool that uh, the gozantes were already equipped for that i mean uh, we see them like prolifically in in star wars rebels uh and i just associate those with as as tie uh tie births tie mm. fighter births but that's we're we're still ahead of the tie fighter so yeah that's cool but they've got multiple docking ports on the bottom yeah. of this did, thing did so. we see them do this in this role in clone wars did they actually uh carry a uh, uh, fighters underneath i don't remember seeing it we, they might have maybe or maybe it's just like for emergency you know exit or whatever you look at what the the primary starfighter is of the of the uh the empire at this point it's the, the v-wing yeah I, I don't think the v-wing mounts they always, up nicely they always that. felt like the like a frigate versus a battleship compared to yeah the, yeah the, yeah you know, the star destroyers very much yeah for sure frigate size very small but on the Imperial ship, the stormtrooper, <clears throat> excuse me, the stormtrooper relays that the gunship is docked with their forward airlock, causing the captain to dispatch multiple squads of troops towards the entrance. And in their cells, the clones take note of the shaking as the ship is docked to for both above and below. The stormtroopers rush through the hallways and two stop when they hear strange sounds coming behind a blast door. They pause a moment before entering, only to find the room full of smoke and a hole in the ceiling with sparks dropping through. And from the darkness, both are hit with stun bolts and they drop to the floor. <clears throat> Stormtroopers. Uh, Interesting that we're uh, still interested in stunning at this point. Yeah, that's well, that was a thought too. And it's not that the it's not a clone. They know that the TK troopers yeah, are, are conscripts. Yeah, yeah we've still... we've we've pulled that veil off though. Like you know, like, yeah. We, when we were kids, we didn't know what, what was behind a stormtrooper's uniform. So, but that's the that's the movie trope that you can kill robots, you can kill people with helmets on, and almost have no yep. sort of psychological impact on the viewer. But yeah, now the veil is lifted. Like the, the central yeah, plot is yeah. these are humans replacing clones. Oh, that's so true. Now, they are human beings. I think, I think it, what it does is like we still say, well, crosshair killed them, right? Like, but I think what it yeah, does yeah. is it it, uh, it just reinforces that. The good guys are the good guys. Good guys wear yeah. white hats. <laughs> and they're not killing people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can buy that. The stormtroopers surround the airlock, but below, Grigor arms that stun grenade. And as the door Iris is open, he tosses it up. <laughs> and uh, he takes out a few troops before the others can react. And stun bolts shoot them from behind, falling uh, more stormtroopers. On the bridge, word gets back that they've been breached. And Captain Pierce tells them to initiate protocols and erase the databanks. More stormtroopers fall as the clones advance, and Echo takes Nemec with him to the bridge while Fireball moves to free the three clone prisoners. The three clones tense up as blaster fire nears the outside door, and the door slides open, and the clone commander, Hauser, instantly recognizes Fireball, who hands him a rifle and tells him it's time to go. On the bridge, the captain watches over the shoulder of a trooper who's frantically trying to erase the databanks, but hearing blaster fire outside the doors there, he backs away further into the bridge. The last two troopers outside the bridge are stunned and they drop. 
and Echo scomps into the door controls and looking to Nemec, who gives him the nod, he opens the bridge door and a short firefight ensues only to leave the captain remaining standing. Um, Sucks to be him. Yeah. <laughs> He's backed up. He's got nowhere to go. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Dirt bag. Yep. Echo and Nemec, they enter the bridge and the captain stands with his hands raised. Echo tries to save what data he can from the databanks, but he's not sure how much he'll be able to recover. Nemec suggests that they'll have to get the information out of Captain Pierce, who gives a smug look in return before biting down on a suicide pill. Man, the the cyanide tooth again. Yeah. Yep. It's like miniaturized force lightning. Is that like now, like, is <laughs> I'm starting to wonder, this is twice we've seen this exact device employed on this show mm -hmm. is this now part of you know okay every officer in the empire gets a uh, get some new dental work yeah Maybe. it would uh, seem to me that's probably yeah. standard issue and i i thought it might have been confined to the remnant empires because if you you wouldn't want to be that guy get captured no, no. You, you know you you would think that the rebels might have <laughs> uh these instead of the uh, you know the you know seriously yeah it's, it's a little heavy-handed when you're mm -hmm. the, the in power right right but uh, hemlock he does say a line later on and i think this is part of that okay so when we get there but yeah sure um yeah he sends electricity surging through his brain and he drops on the gunship gregor radios that the prisoners are safe and they need to get back to the ship and echo radios back that he can't come back yet as he inserts a data rod into the computer in an effort to acquire whatever's left and Gregor tells him, be quick, as reinforcements have just arrived. Mm. A Star Destroyer drops out of hyperspace right in front of the drifting Imperial ship, and a squad of V-Wing fighters drop out of the Destroyer and open fire on the gunship and the cruiser. Echo insists that he needs more time, but time is up as the ship starts taking fire. Grabbing the data rod, Nemec and Echo head for the exit and tell Gregor to launch, and they'll catch up. The gunship detaches and swerves away from the fighters, and inside, Echo and Nemec leap through the entrance of the hole they created and depart just in the nick of time as the enemy fire blows up the Imperial cruiser. I thought we were going to lose Echo in this scene. I don't know why, but I thought for oh, sure. You actually it, thought, it okay. Kind of I, close. I, I did. Yeah, I really did think we might lose Echo. Like, And that would really up the ante. You know, yeah. the stakes get very high. There was a part of me that actually thought that, you know, uh, escape with well of course they can't now because they disabled it but i'm like oh you guys just got yourselves a gozandi <laughs> you know but like no no i guess we can't do that seeing as we we no. crippled it true they maneuver the leech pod back to the gunship and with the pod attached echo calls to the jump you know jump to hyperspace get us out of here so gregor he banks the ship away from the oncoming fighter ship so they disappear into hyperspace for leaving the viewings behind uh, correct me if i'm wrong the hero ship because that's we don't have a name for it this is not the the martez sisters ship i don't think so i don't think so either but i'd have to look again yeah so would i hmm that's interesting i never thought of that do you know what i mean because we did see them well they're using their bay right that's what i mean like might not be that far of a stretch they had the ship that they were working on here carry on and did they not did they not lose that and had to to rebuild a new one or get a new one i don't remember possibly god you guys if anybody out there that's uh listening watching uh remembers uh the details regarding the martez sisters uh, vessel 
the Drop Silver Sword. Angel. Okay. Repurposed Nebula class fighter. Hmm. Interesting. I, I have okay. an image that will hard for. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yeah, that's definitely okay. That's definitely, definitely not for sure. sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. Fair enough. But back here we uh, we cut to Mount Tantus, and lights from the base shine outward in the dark and cloudy evening. And if you look closely, there uh, we can see that this mountain base might not be the only one on Tantus. As similar rings are carved yeah, into a second into mountain, another mountain in the back. Yeah. Hmm. Inside, two stormtroopers walk down a dimly lit hallway, and at a cell, they power down the door, and we find Crosshair sitting inside. They enter and command him to stand up, securing his hands with binders, and they order him out. Is it, sorry, I don't mean to, to go backwards. Is it worth mentioning that Hauser is a, is is back? Probably that Hauser. Like so, last time we saw Hauser, he was on Ryloth, hmm. right? Because he was the he was the clone uh, uh, captain that we saw with Harrison Dula's family. Yeah. Did we? I, oh. I kind of thought he was killed. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't. I don't recall. You might have to make a post about that after. That's what I mean. Like, so either he was, it was something he was questioning. He, yeah, because he was questioning. They were like, "Gonna just blast everybody." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, so did they? Did they arrest him? Probably. So then, Mm. it was it Ryloth that they were leaving from. It was not because he now Hauser is not one of the prisoners. He's one of the armored clones, right? Hauser was the prisoner. He is a prisoner. He is a prisoner. Okay, well, maybe he, yeah. maybe that was Ryloth they were leaving from. Fireball and Nemec were the uh, fire. Yeah. Okay. So Hauser, Fireball, and Nemec. Nemec, which is basically John in the Star Wars galaxy. I, I guess so. Nemec, <laughs> Nemec, but not not Nemec as in like Andor Nemec. No. No. So like, hard not to make the leap though with yeah. that name, given the the whole manifesto thing and the importance there. But Fireball, on the other hand, Fireball. That's a yes. there's a Legends reference there. Fireball used to be a well, at least in Legends, was a clone pilot. That's mm. correct. So it'd be interesting to know if this is the same, the same, uh, the same guy. Does he have some funky looking hair? Like, you know, I didn't get a shot of him. Interesting. Untalented. Well, but you, we got the three prisoners though coming out with the the troopers. Yeah. Yeah. One guy interesting to know. Gray cloth. One of them, I, I believe, in Legends, Fireball actually had like a stripe of like red hair, in defiance. You know, like just trying to show his individualism sure. anyway it's another like yeah i mean just again that whole oh we'll pull what we want from legends and bring it forward and and manipulate it and change it you know however we want to <laughs> but uh, here they order him out and as he walks down the hallway he notices that other clones are sitting slumped in cells as well and as he slows to look in those other cells the stormtrooper hits him from behind again with his rifle Crosshair turns and glares at them before resuming walking as they raise their blasters. And arriving at a med bay, the stormtrooper deactivates the ray shield, and inside, Emery is waiting. Emery bids Crosshair good morning and asks how he's feeling. But Crosshair hits his back. What's it to you? And with that, the stormtrooper shoves him again further into the room. Mm. Emery tells him that the doctor is on his way, and he better cooperate or he'll use methods Crosshair will find unpleasant. And uh, eventually, Hemlock steps through the door with a commando, again, rubbing that gloved hand. Hemlock cites that Crosshair has healed quickly, considering the state he arrived in. But Crosshair just asks, why is he here? And Hemlock tells him that if he thinks it's punishment for shooting his commanding officer, 
he's incorrect. Hemlock thinks that shows quite a bit of initiative. And he goes on to tell Crosshair that he wants to give him a clean slate. And all he has to do is tell them how to force or find Clone Force 99. Clean slate. Of course he does. (laughs) I'm your friend. Yeah. (laughs) He continues that uh, they're in possession of something Hemlock needs. And Crosshair postures the kid. And Hemlock confirms. And Crosshair tells him, you're wasting your time. They'll never turn her over. And Hemlock tells Crosshair, they don't have a choice. She's a clone. And as such, Imperial property. Oh, there we go. Right back onto that whole yep. thing again. Yeah. But we get a shot of Emery, and she's given Hemlock something of a sideways glance at this last statement. And this is my first thought. Maybe she is the clone. That Emery's a clone. Yeah. Because it's going to come up multiple yeah. times this episode where he'll Seven. say something some like derogatory, like, you know, she's just property. She's crap. Whatever. It's a clone. Yep. And she gives him a sideways glance. Interesting. But Hemlock, he leans into Crosshair and tells him if he gives up close force, Clone Force 99's location, he will have his freedom. But Crosshair scoffs and replies he doesn't know where they are. And Hemlock shakes his head and then gives a nod to the stormtroopers. And they force him down on the table. As they strap him into the table, Hemlock leans in and postures that Crosshair knows how they think, how they operate and contacts that they reach out to. Mm. Surely Crosshair must have something useful to share. And uh, defiantly, Crosshair looks him in the eye and says, wrong. <laughs> yep. And with that, Hemlock brings in the interrogator droid, and uh, its, eatle, its mm-hmm. needle is aiming for Crosshair's head. And uh, yeah, it's the same yeah. droid from oh, yeah. New Hope. And we get all those same, you know, wonderful little droid noises. Never expected that the the injection was to go right into a person's skull. Yeah. Oh. Well, in this aspect, we do get a really clear shot, and it's going right in the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as as it advances and pokes crosshair, Hemlock looks on with just a sick sense of joy on his face. Yeah, he's the he's the evil guy you think he is. Yeah, he's the one that was carving up puppies when he was a kid for fun. Oh, oh, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps one of them bit his hand. <laughs> yeah, really. It, it's kind of weird though. Like, right <laughs> as as evil as we thought Crosshair was, this guy is that much. Yeah, further. yeah. Are you saying Hank? It's really it's just Chubb's hand on there with a glove. Yes, <laughs> so it's a wooden. <laughs> yes, <laughs> solid oak. <laughs> Missing a few fingers. That's right. <laughs> Just then, Dr. Scalder arrives at the door and relays that one of their transport ships has been attacked, leaving Belmora. Belmora. And the prisoners escaped. Okay, so not Ryloth. <laughs> not Ryloth, no. But Belmora is a high-importance planet in Star Wars lore. Okay. Uh, it was one of the largest weapons manufacturing plants in the galaxy. And though they were not a Republic planet, they were a Republic ally. And when Palpatine rose to power, he uh, they just started manufacturing weapons for the Imperial Army. Oh, they would okay. remain under Imperial control until they were liberated by the New Republic following the Battle of Endor. There's a lot of that kind of stuff in Star Wars, especially during the Imperial era. The whole corporate sector thing was kind of based on that. Like, we don't technically fall under... Well, we, t- we do technically fall under the Empire, but they leave us alone... Because we just supply them with whatever it is they need, yeah, and they largely leave us alone. Yeah, yeah. It's so, interesting, like in the in the comics right now, in the Darth Vader comics, 
Vader is tasked by the Emperor to destroy the Techno Union Army, which hmm. they didn't completely wipe out. Like, so there are still factions out there that aren't uh, Rebel Alliance or Separatist uh, aligned that were like former, you know, <laughs> uh, agents of Palpatine. But you know, when he was when he was Palpatine, kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, Vader is hunting Jewel Tambor, which is the grandson of Watt of Tambor. Watt Tambor. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, hmm. that makes sense though. I mean, like the the like you say the the uh, sorry the Techno Union they were already a loose collective right. of yeah. same thing with the Trade Federation and right. the Banking Clan. They're all just this loose organization that just bound together with the Confederacy. You get the sense too that Vader has been tasked with not only eliminating yep. the Jedi, but eliminating all of the empire's enemies. Right. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. But Balmora, like it flip flopped, like it was supplying the Republic. Then yep. it supplied the Imperials. Yep. Then it went back to supplying the new Republic. And when the first order rose, oh, the they started replacing absolutely them, right? Whoever's in it's exactly what uh, uh, DJ said. Yeah. You know, you just you, whoever's yeah. whoever's, whoever's gonna buy Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whoever the reigning government of the day was, sure, we just don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, yeah. I see. That's that that whole scene actually. While we're on that that from from the last Jedi, the whole Canto Bite thing. Yeah, I guess it gets lost because it didn't feel very Star Wars. But if you rewatch it and think Andor. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. way more resonant. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's laying it out. Like, like it's not just rebels and imperials. There's no, it's and no, it's, yeah, it's, it's making it's, huge it's rich money. Poor, just like the real world. And to reinforce that point, and it gets lost on us because we all wanted you know Luke Skywalker to wield the lightsaber, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, but um, DJ, it you know puts an exclamation mark on the lesson by betraying them. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. You know what I mean? It's a beautiful scene, and it fits more in, with the adult sort of nature of Andor than actually. Yeah, it really does. Star Wars yeah. we're familiar, and I think that's why it was so jarring when we saw it in theaters. Yeah. But uh, Hemlock tells Emery to inform him when Crosshair is ready to talk, and then he leaves with uh, Doctor Scalder, leaving the two stormtroopers and Emery to monitor Crosshair. We cut to Coruscant, and we find our rescued clones in the same hangar bay where we last left Echo. Locked down on thirteen thirteen. Yep. And inside, a Pantoran guard brings drinks to some of the clones while Echo and Hauser speak with Senator Chuchi. Mm -hmm. Interesting that there's uh, I, when I first saw the Pantoran, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, are yeah, we building yeah, yeah. a little cell down here? What's going on? Yeah. Senator Chuchi. It feels like, like Chuchi just picked up where, where Padme left off, right? Very much so, yeah. Yeah. But Hauser tells them uh, that he went in with eight of his men, but only three survived. And all the other prisoners were clones as well. Yeah. And Senator Chuchi asked, what crime were they being detained for? And Hauser tells them dissidents questioning and disobeying Imperial orders. Do you think now, knowing what we know about uh, the, the, the planet they were being held on now, we, again, going back to the, the case with Hauser, we associate him with Hera and Hera's family on Ryloth. Do you think that they were like building weapons? Maybe. And now, okay, that's done. We're going to move you somewhere else. Could be. Or we're going to take you to Wayland because we need clones to experiment on. Yeah, we need well, the they, material. I mean, they seriously could have been in the same prison 
camp style thing as Andor again. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and and just it makes sense to put that prison or turn turn a manufacturing facility into a prison facility and still yeah. do the manufacturing. Free labor yeah. for yeah, and tie fighter when you need to. Yeah, <laughs> tie fighter license. <laughs> your blaster was made by the oh it's not even the lowest bidder your right. blaster was made by a by a disgruntled by a something something by a disgruntled prisoner that's right <laughs> it may backfire <laughs> echo interjects that uh, they intercepted them as they were being transferred off world and chuchi asked where they were being taken but hauser doesn't know he does know that more groups of clones have been moved some rotations before and Chuchi insists that they need to find out where these clones are being taken. Mm. And Echo relays that he recovered some of the data, but it's heavily encrypted. But he knows someone who can crack it. And Chuchi, she implores him to go. He thanks the senator, and then she steps forward and tells him, be careful. And Echo nods, then he nods to Hauser before moving off. And they watch Echo as he heads for the bay door. We then cut back to the med bay on Tantus, and we find Crosshair writhing in pain as the interrogator droid does its work. And Emery leans in and tells him, that's enough for now. As the stormtrooper approached uh, Emery and tells her that the orders were not to stop until the prisoner talked. But she insists that he can't talk if he's dead. And then she gives him an injection in his arm of some sort. And she studies her data pad and moves to the computer console. There's some Orbesh here, but it's partially obstructed. Yep. Uh, but from what I could read, the second word is diagnostic. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So... She then instructs the troopers to secure the crosshair or secure crosshair's restraints. And one trooper sets his rifle on the table next to crosshair's oh, hand. Rookie mistake. Yeah. Unaware crosshair is uh, starting to stir. <laughs> so, Who doesn't shoulder their weapon? No, it's going to say their weapon. <laughs> Who just goes, mm, I'll put this right back. This is such it's a glaring. The most dangerous prisoner at this facility. I think one I'll of, just do this. One of the big, the glaring omission. And this isn't, this isn't, I mean, the franchise is so set that you couldn't undo the the 40 plus years of star wars but it's like why is it the rebellion are the only ones who have slings on their rifles no it's true, <laughs> like, it's true. what <laughs> you know a two-handed rifle that goes in a holster yeah really back of your left hand side makes no sense although i do i think the sand troopers the sand troopers actually i think they had a, they might have had slings on at least one or two yeah, there's but so. they, but they're the e11 the the standard issue start no sling what are you gonna do when you need to do something like yeah and <laughs> this is hand. what happens when you don't sling your weapon like to put a weapon that close proximity to a guy with literally yeah, really a tattoo of a cross your legs. On face. <laughs> uh, there's another guy in the room here partner hold this <laughs> yeah watch him for a minute while i yeah. go down here yeah yeah and the other guy doesn't say a word to him. No. <laughs> do, 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 do. He's too busy doing the other restraints. It's, he's too busy being a stormtrooper, you know, because he can't he can't see anything. <laughs> and we're supposed to see a thing in this helmet. We're supposed What's to that? be too busy admiring the Ralph McQuarrie style stormtrooper yeah. helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rant but, over. Okay. Yeah. Without hesitation, though, Crosshair grabs the rifle and dispatches both stormtroopers and the interrogation droid. He then aims at Emery, who pleads for Crosshair to take a breath and think it through. But uh, Crosshair hisses at her, release me. Oh, nice impression. And uh, she moves to the control panel and does so. Again, though, she tries to reason that in his condition, he won't make it far and he won't make it out of the facility. But he orders her to surrender her access card. And she notes, it won't get you outside. And even if you do, the hounds will be on you in minutes. 
So I guess we got a hound squad here as well. Well, we've already seen the Empire employ uh, uh, massives. The massives. Yeah. So that's what I thought. Yeah. Probably yeah. some here as well. Literal hounds. Yeah. Or uh, um, sorry, Carillion hounds. Yeah. Carillion hounds. Yeah. The ones that Mando likes to talk to. That's right. But uh, showing signs of struggle, Crosshair uses both hands to steady the rifle. And now almost yelling at him, Emery cries, don't make this worse, Crosshair. There is no escape. Lower the blaster. But Crosshair flicks a switch on the rifle and stuns Emery, who falls to the floor. I he, feel like that's something we don't actually see very often. The actual, like, the changing setting, the changing of the setting. The, the, setting. Mm -hmm. the, the yeah. actual, mm -hmm. like, there's a cue. Yeah. Well done. I appreciate that. Doesn't make up for the sling, but it's okay. No, but he does spare her, right? That's right, yeah. And, uh, as she uh, falls to the floor, Crosshair grabs her access card from her belt, depowers the door, and then he staggers into the hallway. A mouse droid zips down the hall towards uh, two stormtroopers, unaware that Crosshair is lurking nearby in the shadows. And uncharacteristically, Crosshair's first yeah. shot misses. Yeah. This is a good way to tell us that he's under the influence of whatever, uh, whatever she injected him with. That's right. Yeah. He's just getting his telemetry, too. It's like almost when you see a person who knows how to fire a weapon properly and the sights are off. It yeah. doesn't take them long to sight it in. Yeah. Correct that. Because the next two shots don't miss. And no. he's back to <laughs> not stunning. <laughs> but he opens a blast door only to find more stormtroopers waiting. They order him to halt and then they open fire. But Crosshair ducks behind a wall for cover. And then spotting a pipe above the troopers, he blasts it, venting gas onto the troopers, causing a momentary distraction, giving him enough opportunity to pick them off one by one. Crosshair makes his way to an empty communications room and setting down his rifle. See, he's got to set it down. No slam. Got to put it down. He's Han Soloing it, putting the rifle on the console. I he guess is there is a press. When you say that, there's totally a precedent for yeah, yeah. Uh, reasonable characters to put their weapons down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're fine here. <laughs> How are you? Weapons down. Yep. He inserts Emery's access card into the slot. And he adjusts some controls, and outside we see a communication satellite swiveling its position. At the control panel, a visibly weakened crosshair sends out a message. Plan 88. Excellent. Elsewhere, an alarm sounds that an unauthorized transmission is being sent from Terminal 3, and an Imperial commando tells the stormtrooper, cut it off and seal the room. And back in Terminal 3, crosshair continues, you have to hide. They're after, oh, and before he can finish his message... The blast door seal and a yellow gas starts filling the room. Dioxins. Dioxins. <laughs> Outside the communication satellite, it powers down. Crosshair, he grabs the rifle, but before he can get anywhere, he collapses on the floor. And uh, as he lies on the floor, one of the doors opens and an Imperial commando enters along with Hemlock, who strolls in without a mask. He kneels down over Crosshair and he inhales deeply. And then he asks Crosshair if he's having trouble processing the toxin. He goes on to say that it's a creation of his own and he's immune to it. Unlike Crosshair, whose eyes flutter and finally shut. All I can think of is Iocane powder. <laughs> yeah. so I just, all he needs is a, uh, like a, a, a potato sack with a couple holes cut out of it. Seriously, really? <laughs> yeah, basically. A Foley scarecrow. Yeah. Hemlock nods to the commando and stands. And from there we cut to Pabu where we find Wrecker fishing at the end of the dock as others go about their daily tasks. Hunter and Shep move cargo on the dock and uh, 
a fishing boat rolls up and begins to unload. As Shep and Hunter set down the supplies, Shep asks Hunter if his friend who is coming is another clone. And Hunter confirms, reassuring Shep that he's not with the Empire. And Shep says, if Hunter trusts him, that's good enough for him. Good enough for me. And just then, Wrecker approaches and announces that the new fishing dock is all built and moored. And then he caught some dinner, too. And he throws this giant purple spotted fish down with multiple fins and horns. And Hunter notes, Wrecker's been busy, and Wrecker, he happily confirms. I don't know what kind of fish that is, but it doesn't exactly look tasty. Uh, looks big enough to feed uh, you, me, Hank, and uh, 15 or 20 of our friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also looks like it could be a poisonous fish, though, but you never know. And a little Island. bit like Obi-Wan's friend from the diner. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from below, Liana calls out to Racker asking for help. They're fortifying the seawall, and Wrecker replies, sure thing, boss, as he bounds down the stairs to go and help. And Shep relays that Wrecker has become an integral part of the community that they all have. And he asks Hunter if he's given any more thought to staying permanently. Hunter tells Shep that for a soldier, putting down roots can be an occupational hazard. And Shep questions if Hunter believes that is that all you are as a soldier. But before he can answer, a ship goes whipping by. It's the Havoc Marauder. And Shep postures, more flying lessons? And Hunter confirms, uh-huh, Tech's got his hands full. It makes sense that, you know, a couple things in this sequence that I really like. It makes sense now. We're not on a mission. Uh, it's not like the congested uh, city of Ord Bantel. This is a great place to actually, you know, develop her skill set yeah. when there's no threat. And she can just learn at her own pace. And the other thing I love about this sequence is like, you know, Wrecker is the, I, I don't want to say the, 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 my God, he's the simple, uh, the more simple of them. Right. But he's, there's an enthusiasm that comes through here that now, I mean, he's enthusiastic at the best of times, but like, it's more here than what we've seen before. And it's different. Like he's really embraced. I'm fishing. Ha -ha. Like yeah. he just loves it. Yeah. Like he's, he's helping out. Yeah. I mean, being part, part of the what I mean, if you want to call it simple part of the the those parts of his personality allow yeah. him happiness whereas others absolutely would breathe, yeah right yeah i think when it comes time to leave more than anybody it's going to be hard on him yes mm -hmm. yeah who says we have to leave though well <laughs> i did according to my theory home um, base <laughs> yeah i can't see that we've are you know losing crosshair in the first season i think that was the I don't think the team and then losing echo this season, can the team stand and, and they can stand to lose echo because he wasn't part of clone force 99 to begin with. Yeah. Can we handle another, another loss like that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If we have a large enough cast to keep swapping, you know, like, like, uh, GI Joe, I guess, where like a you know, rotating you roster. Just well, a, yeah, and so Rex yeah. is in this week where in Crosshair is, you know, blah, blah, technically blah. that's building, right? We're getting a small army of clones that could be, yeah, 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 mission of the week. But <laughs> I was listening to the, uh, I, I think I'd mentioned, I don't think I've mentioned it to you guys. Um, there's another uh, mostly Star Wars podcast, uh, the uh, Krypton to Alderaan guys, and yes, they yeah. actually, the great line from, uh, from those guys, uh, they're saying, you know, well, it's not really the bad batch, it's more like the good batch. <laughs> <laughs> that is good you know they, they've been they're the good guys they're the good yeah. batch <laughs> yeah. 
but on board the ship, Tech leans back in his seat with a uh, worried look on his face while Omega pilots the ship, and there's just a visible look of glee. Well, that's not what's on Tech's face. No. (laughs) (laughs) Omega puts the Marauder into a nosedive through the clouds, and a visibly nervous Tech, he repeatedly calls for her to pull up. Pull up, Omega. Pull up. And finally, she confirms, confirmed, and doing so, they skim across the water surface, causing a spray in their wake. There's a little Bo-Katan there. Anybody who's ever, uh, and, and this this isn't going to apply to everybody, but like for us that, that grew up in small towns and in farming communities, anybody who's ever driven a field car this is a driving lesson. <laughs> knows exactly what she's going through right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Driving in the wintertime? Sliding the car around. Yeah, let's do some oh, uh, donuts. Hit the same snowbank twice once. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah. As she pulls up, smiling, she questions, I'm getting better, right? The collision detector didn't even go off once. But Tech responds, that's because they shorted it out during your last lesson. <laughs> and uh, he continues that due to his ability to think clearly under stressful situations, she is indeed improving. And behind them, Gonky, he gonks away. His next job, assistant flight instructor. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Nice. Put a resume on that guy. Yeah, really? Omega asks, what's next? And with some hesitation, Tech tells her to uh, execute a sharp swing back to port with zero thruster pull. And Omega (laughs) exclaims, the tech turn? Really? This is the uh, maneuver that we saw them pull. I made a big deal about it when when he shoved it around. Yeah. What episode was that? It wasn't the Maverick. Do not buzz the tower. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> you hear the me, Maverick? Episode, but it was. Uh, they were. They were doing some ground support thing. Was it not the one where they were trying to recover uh, the down crate in the first one? It may have or been the second one. I guess it would be. Yeah, but like mm. this is absolutely exactly what she's talking about. Is that maneuver? Yeah, the tech turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tech, he tells her that's not what it's called. But he rather likes it, and Focus then he suggests spin. proceed before I change my mind. And she jams the throttle forward, causing Gonky to go flying backwards and throwing Tech back in his seat. And they soar past the Archeum, and Omega cuts the power, banking the ship to the right before hammering the throttle again. And the turn completed, she looks at Tech and says, how's that? And he responds, much better. And going along with this whole scene, the musical cues here are fantastic. Yeah. Like, it just adds that extra layer onto it. Below on Pabu, the villagers, they wave as the ship zooms overhead. And on the control panel, red lights begin to flash. And the Orabesh reads, incoming ship. Tech relays that there's an incoming vessel. And excited, Omega says, it's him. She clears her throat and then radios, Havoc 4, this is Havoc 5. Do you copy? That's awesome. And uh, Echo comes across, affirmative, Havoc 5. I see you've been keeping up with your training. Omega responds, affirmative. And Echo suggests a race to the landing zone. But Tech doesn't think that's wise. But before he can finish, Omega's already agreed and they zip off. On the landing pad, uh, the gunship sets down first and Echo comes down the ramp seeing Hunter. And the two exchange a smile and a handshake. And Echo remarks that Hunter wasn't kidding. This place is remote. Did anybody, it's a small detail here, really small, but it just, it made me laugh. Because as you're watching Omega come in with the Havoc Marauder, it's like, this is like a giant public square and yeah. people are just going <laughs> about their business. And then suddenly it's like, ah! 
and they're <laughs> scattering. He's like, yeah, she's coming run. in whether they're there or not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They uh, several people ran for cover for sure. Yeah. Hunter notes that it has his advantages just as the Marauder comes in, and as it comes down, the villagers scramble out of the way. And uh, Echo cites that uh, he's surprised they're not on Ord Mantel, but uh, with Sid. And Hunter tells them that they're reevaluating things. The ramp of the Marauder lowers and a wide-eyed Omega runs down and leaps into Echo's arms. And Tech, on the other hand, looking a little worse for wear, comes out holding his head. Omega exclaims, we've missed you. And Echo says it hasn't been that long, but she insists it feels like it. And Tech arrives and asks if there's some data encryption Echo needs help with. No, hey, how are you? Nothing just straight to right it. to business yeah mm-hmm. but that's him that's that's, that's characteristic yeah, that's of him right. but echo hands tech the data rod and tells them this is what's left of what they got from an imperial ship that was transporting clones they need to go or know where it was going and why and the batch they exchange a glance before they move off towards the marauder back on tantus rain pelts down on an imperial facility and we see for certain in the background there are lights on in a second mountain base. Oh, yeah, for sure there are. So there's two here. Whether or not they're connected underground, I don't oh, know. Oh, I'm sure it's all part of the larger the uh, larger facility there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, inside, though, Hemlock, he studies a hologram of the transport ship that was attacked. And Hemlock cites that the attack on the ship was unfortunate, but inconsequential. And a hologram of Governor Tarkin illuminates oh, the room. Look who's back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tarkin notes that, that it's still concerning. That's who we thought Thrawn was. Mm. <laughs> but uh, if any of the data on the ship were to compromise the location of the Tantas facility, but Hemlock assures them that there are various protocols in place to prevent that from happening, like cyanide teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what is concerning is how the transport was targeted. But Tarkin postures that the leak could be from a rogue element of clones still in their ranks, mm. as a growing number of clones have begun questioning their orders, and they've been rooting them out. Gee, you don't say. Hemlock, however, says decommissioning problematic clones will not eliminate the threat, and if they get sent to Hemlock, he can deal with them in other ways. Tarkin tells him he looks forward to a presentation of his plan at the summit, and the hologram fades, and Hemlock smirks while again wringing that gloved hand. We shift back over to nighttime on Pabu and the full moon glows on the horizon. Hunter and Echo walk towards the ships and Echo asks if Hunter and crew are going to stay indefinitely. But Hunter says they haven't decided yet. Across the courtyard, Wrecker chases Omega Liana around the great tree as Shep watches. Hunter looks at Echo and says, to be honest, it might be the best thing for them. Hunter asks what Echo's been up to and he relays that he and Rex have built up a small network of clones. Some are underground in hiding, others acting as contacts within the Empire. And Hunter tells Echo that you've seen the power you're up against. You can't win. But Echo says it's not about that. It's about fighting for their brothers. And he's getting a bit ticked off here, right? Yeah. Hunter puts a hand on his shoulder and says, I understand. But when will it be enough? And before Echo can answer, tech radios for them to come to the ship. But isn't that just part of the 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 divide that those two characters have always had? Yeah. You know, right from the first time that, that Rex showed up back in season yeah. one. And he felt they weren't doing enough. Right. And yeah. it, absolutely. 
But inside the Marauder, Tech brings up a schematic of the Imperial Transport and tells them that it was assigned to the Advanced Science Division. And Hunter says he's never heard of it, but Tech says it's a clandestine operation. There's no records of its location or its purpose. The only record is the scientist in charge, Dr. Royce Hemlock. And on the screen... Nice that we got that name out of it. Yeah. An image of Hemlock surrounded by stormtroopers and Imperial commandos flashes along with scores of numbers. And those characters there, they yeah. are Orabesh, the dot. Oh, formation. they are. Okay. But I couldn't, I couldn't translate them to any like number to letter thing. What, ones and zeros. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there is like one through nine. Yeah, zero through nine. Anyway, yeah. But sure. Sure. Yeah. Tech goes on to tell them that Hemlock was an officer expelled from the science corps due to his unauthorized and unorthodox experiments. And Omega asks why they're sending clone prisoners to him. Interesting that that is so the small detail that he's expelled from the science corps. So at what point did the empire go, you're back? Yeah, we'll take you. What do you yeah, got? yeah, yeah. Not that he was swept, you know, like we're going to sweep you under the rug and pretend you don't exist, like expelled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they probably went like track him down like Galen Urso. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Liked what you're doing with Tarkin involved, it suggests that this is like two degrees of separation from, from the emperor. Like yeah. We, so, I mean, this is all part of the bigger plan. Yeah. Is, yeah. We are headed for that Joris Kaboth. Uh, <laughs> really? Just coolness, marriage I really do think we will get that in some uh, sort of iteration. Hmm. Sure. Uh, Kaboth, I have an easier time swallowing than Mara Jade. I mean, it, any iteration of Mara Jade at this point is so disconnected from Luke Skywalker that, I don't think we can, I don't think we'll get any resolution there. Mm. Back here, uh, Tech says he doesn't know why they're shipping clones to him, but it gets worse. Previous transfer records recovered from the ship logs list other clones that were detained by the Advanced Science Division and Crosshair is among them. And Wrecker, he leans in and so Crosshair turned on the Empire? And Hunter asks, how sure is Tech about this? And Tech replies, very after discovering his clone number, check, checked out the old comm channels and found a distress message sent from Crosshair's old code. And when Omega questions what it said, he replies, Plan 88, the Seeker. Tech assumes that they're being targeted and Crosshair is trying to warn them, but Hunter counters it that it could be a trap like he set for them before. Yep. And Wrecker asks, how are they going to find out? And Hunter, he just studies the image of uh, Hemlock and we cut to Tantus. So we don't get our answer yet. It's interesting. So Plan Eighty Eight, it has a it has a code name, yeah, and mm -hmm. we don't really get all the details of it. No, just leaving. We haven't done that since, since season one, but there was a few. Yeah, episodes. yeah, I right. Where they Plan Five and Plan Nine, both right. Like yeah, yeah. It's a very Star Trek thing, you know. Execute uh, defensive uh, Theta Ninety Two or yeah. or what? Yeah, yeah. Funny, and like, being. Uh, being an even set of numbers between 66 and 99, I don't know. Something resonates with me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you seen the Teen Titans one where the other multiverse Teen Titans show up. Was that in Go? Uh, I was in Teen Titans versus Teen Titans, the movie. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, right. the multiverse Titans, they're calling out, you know, like execute plan 25 and they perform maneuver, whatever. And the Teen Titans go, they're like, uh, okay let's do maneuver number 62. And they're like, what the hell is that? You didn't discuss anything prior to here. 
<laughs> he's got it all in his was that cyborg or uh, robin robin yeah he's got it all mapped out in his head and didn't tell nobody yeah <laughs> That's but back in the medical bay crosshair again is strapped to the med table and the stormtroopers tighten his restraints as hemlock enters with emery sternly hemlock tells crosshair that if his escape attempt didn't show him already crosshair's only chance of leaving is if hemlock allows it he then asks crosshair if he's ready to reconsider the offer but crosshair doesn't answer and hemlock asks why suffer more all he needs is the young clone and she means nothing to crosshair and again emery looks on again hemlock asks but crosshair just scowls at him hemlock sighs and tells emery increase the injection levels emery nods and hemlock coldly says let's see how long until you break the interrogator droid drifts towards uh, crosshair and inserts its needle into his neck uh, again yep uh. Cross the same hole. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Crosshair winches at the pain, and uh, as the injection begins, he begins convulsing on the table as the stormtroopers, Hemlock and Emery, watch. We see again that Hemlock is wringing that gloved hand. Yeah, they're going to town on him. Yeah, and he's mm. there's a glint in his eye as he watches the droid torture Crosshair. Yeah, he's a sick sob. Yeah, but stone face from behind. Emery watches, and we cut to black. So the 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 fact that we close out focused on Emery yeah. and mm-hmm. not Hemlock, mm-hmm. you know, do, do you think that Crosshair recognizes something in her? I do. Because like she's noticing here's Hemlock just look at the torture. Yeah. And like, yeah, she's definitely she's more clone, sympathetic. Yeah. She's definitely having some sympathy towards him. You know, yeah. if we're without showing it, if, if we're asserting that Emery is a clone emory and hemlock are the counterpoint to nala say and omega yeah yeah yes interesting I w- yeah it feels like that also you know it's not lost on me that she's got the same uh the kiwi accent <laughs> well the lobot gear going on oh true the, true uh even down to the the glasses that kind of almost look to me like tech yeah, tech, there's, there's a visible think. grid when you get close enough. Yeah, that's tech, right. Tech. Yeah, and and also those well uh, in that uh, Rebels episode uh, where Hera, where they take over Chopper, uh, th- those Imperial uh, agents at the yeah. the desk, you know, they, and uh, she manages to kill them remotely by uh, over sending a, a signal through Chopper. That, but that's the same. Like it's the same sort of. Uh, science division if you will yeah yeah science division and it reinforces what we were talking about last week with uh them being you know other than like tarkin sure sure uh being completely separate from no scalder guy wouldn't know scalder also wears a a a headset like that with a goggles on though yeah so Mm, i don't i don't think i mean that's again i think that just delineates the this that's part of their Mm. kit that they need to do their job yeah yes interesting though that does that mean scalders clone too (laughs) mind you that there's that there's the disparity between the the accents so i I don't know but yeah like i'm i'm really starting to uh, get on board with the idea that she may also be uh, a fet clone Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) that omega is not the only (laughs) well if they did omega in secret what's to say they didn't do a few some others yeah right that's just it if there's an alpha and an omega that just means that there's all the other 
Where's deltas the betas and, and thetas and data? Right. Exactly. Right. So, and if we we've heard those terms used, alpha is the is definitely uh, boba. boba fat, and so I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, there is a lot of letter. Where is omega on the Greek alphabet? Is it? It's not. It's last. Is it the O or is it is it last? It's last. Yeah. And how many letters is it? Twenty six. Twenty four, I believe. Twenty four. So are there twenty? Are there twenty? two other yeah 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 unaltered fet clones maybe that's a possibility interesting anybody else get the impression that like what they're doing here with crosshair is some sort of twisted version of what they've been doing with all the clones and that's like a mental wipe or a mental reset yeah the education program what where you said in i know it was mandalorian episode but are they did they reset pershing is yeah, that are, is that what they're trying to do? And so yeah. what it does for me is if that's the case, and since we're those shows are tracking and they're spread out from time, but they're tracking, this is the same sort of clone plot line. Um, is that what's been done to the Republic commandos who don't seem to be reacting to the yeah, Empire the way maybe the they're other, not new right? clones at all? They're not just been re-educated. Re- yeah, re-educated, yeah. sure. Set back to zero with 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 empire programming yeah because there is unwavering obedience with the commandos and yeah. they still sound right. like fet clones absolutely and so you know ship them to hemlock he'll re-educate them yeah you know and, and we could put them back in the field yeah right uh, right, right yeah and you would like... and it would be easy too because like with crosshair who was so willing uh, across season one you just root out your most loyal troops and you send them off and you you basically write it off as it's more training and they go yeah. okay yeah right get on the table okay and I, yeah I, I still don't think that uh clones of crosshair as dark troopers is off the table at all either. i don't either or the fact that uh um let's take it a step sorry, further death troopers. Death troopers. sorry let's take it a step further and crosshair is becomes a death trooper of course yeah 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 absolutely although as and we what said tragedy would episode. that be what tragedy would that be that oh, now that he, he's especially arcing he gets a redemption. Redemption, <laughs> arcing for redemption only to be mind wiped and turned it, into just another sure his legacy is you know some of the most ruthless troops in the in the entire empire mm-hmm. yeah. super tragic they do make a point to, uh, uh, um, and this is maybe superficial, but they do make a point uh, to delineate that the death trooper, the death trooper is not burdened by the same tropes as the stormtrooper, meaning yep. they can shoot. Yeah, you know, yeah. they can yeah. hit their targets. There's, uh, and they do, they do talk loosely, at least in some of the like the official guide to Rogue One and stuff, that they are genetically modified for height and strength and. Right. And I mean, Crosshair is already tall. I mean, yeah. Wrecker is obviously the tallest one, but I mean, Crosshair is, is probably what the uh, second tallest. Yeah. Oh, the action figures don't really do it justice. But mm-hmm. I mean, he is slightly taller than the rest of them. Yeah. Sure. But he, he's lean. He's tall. The Death Troopers are all lean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And they're all, their voice are modulated and they speak their own right. code. So you can't yeah. tell if they were. Yeah. You'd have true. no way of knowing. Yeah. No. But for here, shall we take a moment to meet the cast? Oh yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So in the role of uh Captain Pierce and the Imperial Tech and Stormtrooper number four. Yeah, high school guy. Yeah, we have Ben Diskin. 
Uh, he's got an extensive list of 372 credits under his belt, including roles as Skeletor in the uh, latest He-Man and the Masters. Oh, in the, the, kid, the kids one. Kid-friendly one, oh, yeah. Good, good. And AZ3 in the Bad Batch. AZ! Returning to the role of Governor Tarkin is Stephen Stanton. He previously played that role back in the Clone Wars series. Uh, today, though, he also fills the roles of Imperial Pilot and Stormtrooper Number 5. Did Was he in Rebels as well? Uh, he has, uh, I don't know if he was in rebels, Interesting. But, uh, he was also seen star Wars action in resistance, oh. uh, the book of Boba Fett and rogue one. Really? Yeah. Voice work or actual like face roles, uh, voice work in resistance. And uh, well, he would, didn't get a face role cause it was a, a covered up one. Oh, but, sure. Uh, live action roles in both Interesting. and rogue okay, one. Okay. Good for him. Very yeah. cool. And in the roles of Stormtrooper number one and two is Noshir Dalal. Noshir Dalal. We've Again, seen him before. Yeah. yeah, no stranger. He voiced Vice Admiral Rampart. Interesting. And uh, he's also mm-hmm. had roles in uh, Star Wars Visions as well as the Star Wars Squadrons game as Varko Gray. Oh, nice. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Read a couple lines while you're in the studio for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on over. <laughs> while you're in the booth. And then uh, D. Bradley Baker, he's on double duty this episode. Well, you know. Not only bringing the Bad Batch to life, but also bringing back Fireball, Nemec, Hauser, and Gregor, as well as some of the other unnamed clones. Oh, look at that. And Fireball is wearing a helmet, so we can't tell. Yeah. Well, that's so that's interesting, though. But he is dressed. He's got phase two clone mm-hmm. armor. So, like, that that takes away from him necessarily being a pilot. Mm-hmm. And is Gre- Gregor's wearing Re- Republic Commando armor, is he not? Well, Gregor was a commando. That's what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. 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 They nailed that, too interesting that they've i mean we can't we have to keep the continuity with gregor but that they've uh, chosen to to alter fireball that way from pilot to that being said and i'm going to talk about this when we get to the mandalorian tonight about um it looks like uh revenge of the sith was really the only prequel movie to actually show you a, a difference between uh pilots and troops like where they had a different suit of armor a different helmet yeah um because by the time we get to uh, tonight's episode of The Mandalorian, you'll see it's actual like clones, hmm. uh, clone troopers piloting the gunships right. and not, yeah, not interesting. Interesting. Yeah, not oddball. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. We've also got some returning faces this well, or this week as well. Uh, obviously, Michelle Ang is Omega. Uh, Jimmy Simpson is Dr. Hemlock. Helen Sadler is Dr. Scalder. Keisha Castle Hughes is Emery Carr, Andy Allo as Liana Hazard, Jennifer Hale is Senator Chuchi, and Imari Williams is Shep Hazard. So that rounds out our cast. Yeah, right on. Yeah, we have a big large cast this week. Noticeably absent this week, like you said, is uh, uh yeah, uh so absent this week. So question of where she's gone. What's she to. doing? And if she's uh, not uh, doting on tech. That's right. I don't know the the whole this whole Sid thing has been like it's a dangling it's, thread it's been that needs permeating, to and I mean it's bad enough that the Empire is now actively hunting the Bad Batch again, um, but we have we've got that looming now. Are they going to connect those dots? Is is because if Fee in an idealized world Fee's off doing something with Sid placating her like, Hey, just leave them alone and let it go or, or not. Yeah. Or she's double crossing them. I, I don't know. I want to be on your good side. Here's sure. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. like is there's a, like you said last week, Hank, anybody could, you know, pick up the phone and, and turn somebody in. Right. 
is that going to make more heat more or less heat for her like i I don't know i have to say though i'm i am pretty much i could not go back even if the if the writers want it i could not go back it would be a step back for me if they all of a sudden decided okay we're gonna mend the rift and and we're gonna go back and work nope we can't go back and work for sid anymore no she's threatened omega yeah i'm actually at the point now where i would just like this character to go away you know one way or the other i said it last week you know what's the best way to get rid of her literally take her out i know they won't do that no man me as a fan that's where i'm at like i'm i'm tired of this character Rhea perlman you're wonderful i i love your portrayal of this character but you gotta go yeah (laughs) unless they make her a viable threat like on her own like there's stuff we don't know about her I don't think she has so, all the. I mean, sure. She at one point, yeah, she was a powerful figure in the underworld. When she snatches the bow from Omega, and it's like talking about her limp spaghetti arms or whatever, and she blasts the 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 coin, the the gambling machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think that she has the the teeth. Anything that she would affect against the Bad Batch is going to be carried out by somebody else. Yeah. I don't. She's not no, going no. in with a blaster to go. No. I'm taking. No, that's no, not. She's going to send no. a group of mercs or somebody right alternatively oh, i guess uh my theory could be on its head maybe fee has gone to finish off sid that would be an interesting an interesting twist but yeah i don't think we've seen the last of sid especially i, I don't no, think so either not yet. i think they are going to run that course though and, and they are going to come to blows yeah. one way or the yeah, other we're going to get a resolution to too it. many times this year like just casually yeah that yeah yeah and now the reality that we're sitting on one more week we've got two episodes to wrap up this season and it feels like we're not i feel like we've man this is hitting me hard right now Where'd the season go? Yeah. Where did the season go? And mm-hmm. what did we really mm-hmm. accomplish this season other than yeah, to mostly filler? <laughs> yeah. Like I yeah. said, when we started, this is where I wanted to be episode two. Yeah. I yeah. think we're going to end on a cliffhanger and go for a season. three. Well, clearly there's a long game here, but this season, I don't know. Well, like... you know based on the title of the next episode and what we got this episode. Oh, sure. Well, sure. I think we're not going right where we need to go. What's the title next week? The summit. The summit. And so the summit of a mountain. Uh, the summit of originally a thought. Yeah, of a character arc. But no, if you remember back, Tarkin said, "I look forward to hearing your plans at the at summit." So the, oh, the summit. So of, we're gonna go meeting. to like a meeting of a meeting the Emperor, Governor Tarkin, Hemlock, and whoever else. So are you suggesting we're getting a political episode? I think we're going to get at least a partially <laughs> political episode. Maybe that meeting is oh, on, wow. like, because they are good at that double entendre, triple entendre Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Maybe the meeting is at the summit of Mount Tantus. The summit at the summit. I can't see them doing that just because you wouldn't, nobody is going there that shouldn't be there. Summit no. con. Right? But I could yeah. see it on Coruscant where they're just like, hey, come on in here. We're going to discuss this, this, and this. So here's our imperial plans. The summit going, so going bad. Cloning think of good. like the big summits, the big political summits that are that exist. The G, the G eight, the G twenty. They they generally are not. They're usually in a third party location where all of the delegates meet. So yeah. I can't. Maybe not. Well, maybe it will be on Coruscant. That'd be the obvious choice. But if they mm-hmm. mirror real world uh, political summit somewhere else, maybe I don't. Or know. Or if they mirror imperial summit. Maybe we're going to Mustafar. 
Mustafa. If there, you, that if, is an if interesting. If the emperor thought. is going to host a summit, is he not going to go where his right hand man has all the upper hand, home field advantage, uh, everything? I, I think there. From that perspective, I think it makes more sense to have it on Coruscant and bring Vader in, Maybe. not to have it at his house. Well, that's really. more intimidating too, right? It would. I think just the presence of Vader is intimidating. Hmm. Um, and Vader's is this is this unknown he's out there yeah yeah do we they're not at this point in the timeline at least if you if you uh, read the comics um he's not out there like he is after the yeah uh, yeah destruction of the death star he's he's an internal threat to the empire like he keeps the the troops in line and does right right dirty work he's 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 honestly at this point in his career, he's just an attack dog. Really? Okay. He, that's that's really all he is, and and he's a belligerent one, and he's and he's portrayed as like a, um, a sort of tantrum having child in terms right, of right. the way that Palpatine interacts with him. He he, he spanks him metaphorically, spanks him several times early <laughs> in his career. Yeah, you know, sends him on a on, on a deadly 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 mission and says no you're not allowed to use the force or your lightsaber let's oh, see wow. you know things like yeah. that and show me what you got <laughs> even though he's got his lightsaber on his hip and he can wield the force he's still yeah. obeyed interesting you know? out of uh, fear so no doubt Man. i don't think the average citizen of the galaxy is like terrified by darth vader right now. no no i don't yet. think the average citizen is really aware of his existence though but if you're having a summit that's, those people that's probably what i mean. would know yeah yeah host Post destruction of the Death Star, that's when you get the average citizen going, yeah. "Oh, oh yeah. crap, Darth There's Vader is." Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's the face of the Emperor after that. But up until that point, he's just a he's a dog behind a fence that very few people have heard. You know, of. The, it brings up an interesting an interesting question too, because there's a line in the New Hope at the table on the Death Star: "You are all that's left of that ancient religion." So, like, right. Tarkin doesn't even know that the Emperor is a, is a Sith Lord. Way uh, close. Do you know what I mean? Like he he calls Vader the last of the. Well, maybe that's maybe no, it's a that's, metaphor that's, for Jedi. But yeah. that's that's him exhibiting control over Vader in that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows that Vader is Anakin. Yeah, yeah. Just like Thrawn. Uh, he susses it out for himself. There's an excellent, excellent comic. I keep going on like this, but there's an excellent comic where Tarkin, uh, who is, uh, they, they get into his backstory and he's a hunter. Okay. And he says to Vader, yeah. um, I would be honored if you would let me hunt you. Oh, right. And they go down onto an abandoned planet one-on-one. Sure, sure. And, have, and like Tarkin does well, like... <laughs> But through that, through the course of that, he discovers that Vader is actually Anakin Skywalker. Well, that having that worked into... so closely with Anakin Skywalker previously, right, right, right. That does. And tie so into... when he says that you're the last, he's he's literally outing him without anybody at the table knowing what he's talking. Right, about. that he's the last of the, and that's him Jedi. exhibiting control. Of course, I, he's I, not I would last. expect you to find you holding Vader's leash. Right, right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting. Okay, so that. Maybe we won't see Vader in uh, the course of the Bad Batch then. Yeah, maybe, but who knows? Interesting though, the summit. Yeah, oh, man, so many things. 
what do we want to see actually uh, happen uh, in the last two episodes? What do we want a resolution to? Because we're not going to get resolution to no. everything. I don't think we're no. going to see our full-on clone revolt yet. Man. I think we might see a breakout at Tantus. Just to... Like, a, like Crosshair breaking out. Or save as many as we can. Interesting. Interesting. Because if we're... That being Echo and Rex's like okay there's this many clones there let's go we got to get them out if we are like at the beginning of the episode we save three guys yeah we've got to find them where are they being held and why aren't they just being executed yeah you know what i mean the, like the I, worst, I think it was the worst sorry. thing that could happen and the thing that would be the most compelling to come back for episode one of next season yeah the thing that would get us talking all year long yep would be that if if omega we lose her if we lose her to the other side like the way we lost grogu you feel like that is uh, that they've been sort of building to that, that whole, like what's part of the master plan. Yeah. Right. You know, that's such an interesting thought. I mean, I, I think for me, I, I would like to see, man, I don't actually want to see that. I don't, I'm, I'm this like I'm, I'm nine years old watching this stuff. I don't I want it. to see her get fall. I get taken away. I um, and I don't want to see uh, um, I don't want to see Pabu laid to waste either because no. that would just no. that would hurt, that would really hurt. Um, I would like to see a renewed sense of purpose. We've been we've been sort of uh, sort of jumping around the idea that uh, this whole season that are you just soldiers? It came up again yeah. in this episode, yeah. right? Right. Everybody's sort of been struggling with their own internal stuff. And I would like to see a renewed sense of purpose uh, by the end of this season, whether that is, okay, we are going to, we are going to get in line, not get in line. Maybe we're going to uh, emulate sort of echoes sentiment and we're going to actively get in the fight and do more. Yeah. Yeah. And Omega being yeah. lost is the perfect. Catalyst well, that is for that. absolutely. It is. There's a reason by the time we catch up with Rex Wolf and Gregor in but rebels, they're the only ones. But but not only are they the only ones, they're not doing anything actively. They're not in a no. rebel cell. Yeah. They're 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 land fishing to survive. That's right. Yeah. As low as possible. Yeah. Something happens that puts them there. To take them out of the game. Where they're just yeah. a phone call away from Ahsoka, but not involved at all. Yeah. That's yeah. not Commander Rex there. That's fishing captain Rex. Yeah. He needs to be reminded, right? something has to happen for them to fade something away bad has to yeah. happen for them to put the mantle down one thing for certain i think we will see whether it's this season or an or a future season is um when we meet rex at rebels it's rex gregor and wolf where's wolf yeah. where's so wolf? that we have to figure that part I mean, out and i'm mean, sure that's gonna out. happen yeah and maybe and like i've said this. like i've said since like maybe a quarter of the way through the season um Knowing that that's who we end up with in Rebels means yep. that we lose Echo, we lose Cody, we we're gonna lose Hauser, we potentially we lose... lose the Bad Batch, right? Entirely, and, entirely, and that would explain yeah. why they put the mantle down for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, the best of us, we lost them, and now what do we do? Right. You know, or interesting they just stuff. Get scattered to the galaxy. Well. <laughs> there's there's that too right yeah yeah you know spare credit for a war veteran yeah, yeah exactly and the, i mean the the cut stuff from the proposed if you read the uh the leaked script for the obi-wan movie that got basically cut in half and turned into season turned into one a of, series yeah yeah where 
it was basically Cody, you know, Cody doing for Obi what Obi was doing for Luke, which is watching him from the background. Isn't that something? Interfering from behind and, and making sure that nothing ill befalls of him. Well, now that Cody is effectively, you know, in the wind, that could right. still happen. Because, yeah. yes, there is chatter of a, an OB season two. So I would like that. And I know Ewan has said that he'd be okay with it. So big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah. Guys, if you're uh, if you're uh, watching us here in the live stream or if you're catching us in the, uh, the rewatch or you're listening on your favorite audio platform, let us know your thoughts and comments about where you think uh, the series is going. We've got two episodes left. It's going to wrap up next week. What do you guys want to see resolved? And uh, where do you think it's going to go? Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, uh, before we get uh, we wrap this one up, just a reminder that uh, tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, I will be back in the hot seat as we uh, take on Chapter 20 of uh, The Mandalorian. That one is The Foundling. Mm-hmm. Again, with the double meaning. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> probably the lightest episode in terms of the number of visuals this one is an all-time low for me at uh 25 be 26 slides here when i add one more after this i still think it's going to be a long episode because there is so much to talk about in terms of of uh the lore this week (laughs) this is the uh, one that had me almost crying on the level of the luke skywalker thing oh wow really yeah i was super happy about the uh, easter egg in this episode like over the moon happy all right well i can't wait to talk about that and uh we're gonna do that tonight at six uh do join us for that live we got merch um go get you some merch let me let me just uh let me just paint a little picture for you here now our merch shop is hosted over at tpublic.com there are links to the uh, to the shop uh, in the description of this video as well as over on our facebook I made a purchase uh, to our merch shop to buy uh, four four t-shirts. Yeah. And I just want to let you know, this is a really interesting thing. TeePublic has this really good uh, customer service in the sense that um, one of the shirts I got, the logo was off-centered. Um, I sent them a message. I, I took a photo. I sent it over and without any question, okay, just keep the shirt and we will send you a new one. Mm-hmm. When they sent the new shirt, this was just the other day, I opened it up. And the first thing I noticed was the, the print quality of the replacement shirt was exponentially better than the original shirt. Now, here's the thing. It was still off-centered. But the, the difference in print quality, I was so shocked. I actually went back to T Public and I said, listen, I, I know this has been a while now because the initial order was several weeks ago. I've had the shirts now for, what, two weeks? Three weeks? Yeah. And I said, I have to tell you that my replacement shirt, the print quality was so different. I am now questioning the print quality of the shirts from the original order. I took pictures of every shirt. I sent them in and I said, listen, I'm sending these along so you can determine if this is up to your standard. (laughs) Yeah. Because this does not look like it looks on our merch shop in the uh, online. I said, I get that there's a difference when you print the thing. Without question, they wrote back and they said, we're sending you new shirts of my entire original order. Crazy. So um, A plus for customer service. A plus for customer service. No questions asked. And I mean. And speed. It's Can not we talk me. about the speed with which these products are arriving? They they show up. Uh, I think I had mine within, I don't know. I'm, I'm late to go and check my mail all the time. So 
within a week or so, sometimes Man. faster. Nice. Yeah, super happy. It's real happy. Yeah. And just so, uh, and and you guys, so you guys know out there in the world, like like we buy our own merch to to show you our merch. We buy our. That's own right. Merch. Yeah. This isn't a this isn't yeah. a freebie. This isn't a sample. This is my own I've, car. I've paid, <laughs> yeah, I paid for this. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, that you want to help out the channel, that's one way you can do it. Uh, if you also want to help out the show, you can uh, head on over to our Patreon where we have a couple different tiers there uh, where you can get your name uh, on the sh- added to the show as a uh, production partner. Have coffee with Eric. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, as always we'd love to uh, love for you to head over to our youtube channel if you're not already watching from there uh, do uh, like and subscribe to the channel and uh yeah as we uh, continue our journey here through the star wars universe and on tuesday nights where we talk about uh, other things besides star wars <laughs> with our uh, random fandom it's a call-in show uh, you could be uh, on the show with us uh, telling us about what got your attention this week all you got to do is call in. That's right. Anyway, listen, you know, guys. Like five episodes in, and you could still be the first caller. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Saves me from calling Hank when the power goes out. <laughs> what's happening here? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wrap it up here, and uh, we'll call it. We'll call this one uh, in the can. Yep. Hopefully, we'll see you back here tonight at six uh, for chapter twenty, the Foundling, here on Phantom Power. So. Uh, Until next time, guys, for Fan and Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And I'm Hank. We'll see you later on the next one. Same batch time. Same batch time. Same batch channel. God, I forget that every time. You got one more (laughs) week to get it right. (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. 